What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. Okay, remember in last week's episode when I was talking about I hope that the Eagles fly, and it was a previously recorded episode that was making my prediction early? Well, the Eagles flew all right, and then as somebody put it, they got shot down. And so unfortunate, but I guess congratulations to Patrick. <laughs> the man is a beast and you have to give credit where credit is due. Now that the Super Bowl is over, oh my goodness, what am I, a girl who loves football, gonna do without football? I mean, I guess I'll just have to stay up to date on what's going on behind the scenes with my team and other teams, but I cannot wait to watch games be played. Football, I miss you, especially since Steph is always getting hurt around the time that football is ending. I have my full-fledged attention on the Warriors now, and I have my full-fledged attention on Steph. And of course, he's not there, which means my full-fledged attention isn't on the Warriors 100%. So hurry up, Steph. Get back so I can enjoy basketball. And football, please, please hurry up because you are the best of the best. The next thing that I want to talk about is a misconception that I think even the people closest to me have. And it's like, you are you are a great person and you help your people. I do help my people. I go above and beyond for my people, but I also help other people, whether I like them or not. I also will like pray and wish the people, whether they like me or not, or whether they've been fake with me or not, well. And I mean it genuinely just because, I don't know. I usually don't talk about, do I even like helping other people? I'm not going to, yeah, I think I do because I have a, listen, for all the people who'd be like, oh my God, she's about to talk about being in aqua. I just want to point out this fact that they say that we are big humanitarians. And when I first heard that, I was like, I don't think so because I don't really recall like having this desire to help people or whatever. Ever since then, I guess I just never really paid attention to the stuff that was most important to me. For people who are closest to me and they get my daily rants, they know the things that I rant about are like issues that are can be fixed or people should work on finding real solutions to help people meet their basic needs or to just live their best life, make their dreams come true. Like, I do have a big heart and a big humanitarian heart, even for people that are not my people, but I unapologetically love my people out loud more. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but I do. My people who are in my inner circle or my people, they know, like, hello, Grey's Anatomy, my person, my people, they know that through Thicker Than I Got Them, they know that um, we're riding to the Willis Fall the wheels fall off unless life, you know, come and shake some stuff up. But, you know, I, yeah, I love helping my people. I don't mind helping my people. I'll do it out loud, but I don't mind helping others either. I just think the world, it, it's a sucky place. I do think this world is a sucky place. And, you know, I could be a glass half empty kind of girl having that perception. So I think when we can help each other be better or we can help each other just not have to struggle in some sense. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think we should all do it, but only do it if you genuinely want to do it. I don't help people when I don't feel like doing it because number one, you'll see it all over my face. You'll see it in my demeanor. And 
I would say you see it all over my face, but there are so many people who be like, you have an attitude and I have no attitude at all. There are so many people who try to say that I have an attitude when I don't. And there are people who do genuinely know when I really have an attitude and they're right. But a lot of them are so, so wrong, whether they're close to me or not. I'm like, this is just my face. I have RBF. I really have RBF. If you guys saw a video of me right now, I have RBF. Like my voice may be like, mm-hmm. Like I may put a little extra oomph in it for y'all because y'all are listening, but my face would be like, does this girl even want to be here? (laughs) Yes, I want to be here, my BK fam, but I just have RBF, okay? So that's just something that I wanted to touch on. I think that's a misconception from even the people closest to me. I don't mind helping anybody. I actually enjoy it. I just will always love helping my people and seeing my people win more. Not a competition, just... I love y'all and I want the best for y'all, period, point blank, okay? The uh, next thing that I want to do is I want to shout out whoever requested Blank Canvas to go on Podvine. I don't think I've heard of them before. Maybe I did when I was doing research in the very beginning, but I'm just going to say that I haven't. And whoever requested for BK to go on there, I want you to, I just want you to know that I thank you. BK is now on there. And, but, and because of that addition, we are now on over 10 different platforms. It's not just Pod, Podvine that put us over there. Anchor is our hosting platform, and they helped us get at least six or seven off rip. And then they added another one. And um, yeah, so now we're on Podvine, and you can find and listen to Little Old Me on over 10 different platforms. Glory to God, glory to God. So I just want to say thank you for whoever requested you know, BK to be there. We are there. And thank you all of my wonderful BK fam for your, for all of your love and continuous support. It doesn't go unnoticed and I appreciate it always. So our emotions are warnings and signals, they say, right? I was listening to a recent um, episode of The Basement, you know, with Tim Ross. And they there was this lady on here. I can't remember her name. And I'm so sorry because I should have wrote down her name before I started talking about this. But it just came to my mind. Um, really pretty white lady. I think I don't even remember the title of the episode. They were talking about sex and other things. So if you find that episode, (laughs) then there you go. But basically there was a section and she was breaking it down how our emotions are like an alarm system. Okay. So picture being in a house, right? And you hear something that says back door open and you go and the back door is still closed. Okay. Number one, your alarm system either lets you know, hey, it's open, but when it glitches, like say you go check and the back door is closed, you open it, close it, and it's still saying back door open. That lets you know, okay, hey, I need to check out something, right? Most, She said most of the time, instead of like, you know, finding, we basically just take out the batteries of the alarm system or whatever. And that's kind of how it is when we shut down with our emotions. And me being a girl who's queen at it, again, not something that is a good thing, not trying to flex it, just being honest. Um, I really took that in and I thought that was a great visual visualization and helped me kind of paint the picture of what it looks like when I shut down. And as we all know, I'm trying to be better. So hopefully this will help my other BK members who are consistent people who shut down like me, or if you do it every once in a while. 
And plus, just having this image of how we kind of perceive our emotions sometimes can be a good thing, period. Not just for when you shut down, but for other emotions too. So she basically was explaining that if you shut down, how can they properly go off? Like with the example that I used, if we take out the batteries because we're tired of hearing it, even though we know that the back door is closed, right? They also let you know whether or not the space is safe or not. So say for instance, I always talk about when you share and you're vulnerable or when you go to people with your problems or when you just want to talk, blah, blah, blah. We need to be in safe spaces, right? I still agree with that. But how can we really test if something is safe or not if we've already shut down, if we already have preconceived notions, or if my batteries are already out of my alarm system? right? So if my battery is already out, it's not going to tell me this isn't safe. Because what if you're talking to a person who it's usually a safe like spot in time, but you have your batteries out? And this might not necessarily be a season or a specific instance where they're safe. And again, that goes back to kind of the preconceived notions. This person's always safe, so they'll continue to be safe. And it's not saying that they won't, but everybody has their moments. You know, we're all human. And it's not that they aren't safe overall, but you just never know. Like, I'm pretty sure there have been people who I pray that I have been very safe spaces for them. But I'm sure I have shown some ugly moments and I'm sure I've shown some um, just unflattery and not safe, not safe. I don't even know how I want to describe it, but behaviors and examples. And I'm pretty sure it didn't make them feel safe in that moment, even though overall, am I a safe space to vent to and to talk to about different things? Sure. But in certain specific moments, I may not have exhibited the characteristics. That's kind of how I want to put it. Yeah. I may not have exhibited the characteristics that scream safe, right? And that would have been an instance where that person needed their alarm system to go off. Like, I know she's usually safe, but in this moment, she is not. And I just think that can be a great example for all of us. We all need to leave our alarm systems on. They let us know like, hey, this isn't safe. Or, hey, um, you're feeling a little sad. Let's figure out why we're feeling sad. Hey, you're anxious. What are you nervous about? What are you afraid for? Different things of that nature. Or, hmm this feels good. This feels like love. This feels like comfort. This feels safe. This feels whatever, you know, this feels peaceful. We need those alarm systems to steadily be on whether they're saying, hey, back doors open or not. Maybe it's just saying, hey, back door open and then, hey, back door closed. You need the batteries in to know if they're properly working or not. Does that make sense? I hope that kind of helps with people who shut down. It definitely helped me, so I wanted to share it and hopefully help others as well. It also reminded me that um, I'm trying to literally overprotect myself from love. And PD talks about this a lot, and he always says the only way is to not get hurt is to never love again. And that's something I don't want to do because love is, I've already read the the biblical definition of love on the pod before, but love is, love is that literally love is that scripture, but love is also just, it's so many things. It's powerful. It's healing. It's, um, it's consuming, hopefully in the right way, not consuming to where you can't breathe without a person or whatever, but consuming in the right way. It is, love is freeing. Love is, I don't know, love is just so powerful and magical. I feel like love is so much 
to put it into one word or one definition would not do it justice. And I have been trying to overprotect myself from love because I've been hurt so many times in the past and because I have seen others in my life be hurt so many times in the past that I'm like, I don't want this to like generationally repeat and I don't want this to just consume my life. Like I don't want to keep making the same mistakes or I don't want to, it's hard when you love the wrong people. It is so hard and everybody's like, just get over it. Get rid of them. How can you not see they're not, you know what? Like they're not good for you. People see it, people know it. And some people don't. Every, every person comes to their own conclusion at their own time. But I, it's so much harder to just walk away. You know, I kind of have empathy for people. I was talking to one of my friends one day and I was like, it's really kind of split between the two, right? There are some people who they're like, it's so hard for me to walk away. I don't know why I did that voice, but it's so hard for them to walk away. Like, I just can't leave. I don't want to leave. You have, you hold on so tight, like, like you're going to die without the person. And then there's another group of people who they walk away so freaking easily that it's like, were you ever truly invested? How can you like say you love a person, but yet be so willing to walk away? And again, this, I separate it into two different things, but there are a plethora of different details and different experiences and different traumas and different makeups of us as individuals as to why we are on either side. And then, there, of course, there's always some middle ground because there is nothing in life that is ever just straight black and white. I always say we can have... Um, black and white hardline stances on certain issues but even with those there are some gray areas and I think the world is set up that way on purpose so none of us could ever get too high and mighty and be like I'm completely right on this issue and blah 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 or we can just you know we can never forget that life is complex human beings are complex so we are complex little human beings walking around living a complex little life and none of us have all the answers and we're just doing the best that we can. Now, I don't know when I turned into overly trying to protect myself from love, but I just looked up one day and I had. And you know, it's in every area of my life now. I thought maybe it would just be with family or maybe it would just be romantically, but I'm trying to protect myself from everybody, even the people who are genuine friends and people who may be like, hey, here's this opportunity or something and I really want the best for you, blah, blah, blah. It's because I've had to hear so many different things from so many different people. And even though people say they don't mean it like this, they consistently say the same thing. And it's just... It's a lot to take in everybody's opinions. It's a lot to take in everybody's feelings. I say this all the time. And one day, I didn't realize how tall my wall had gotten. Like, do you remember the episode, guys? And if you haven't, it's a good one. Go check it out. I built this shit brick by brick. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to the final season of Snowfall. I think by the time this airs, this should be the premiere week of the final season of Snowfall. So I'm excited to watch that. But I built this shit brick by brick. And I looked up one day recently 
and that wall was so high. That wall was so freaking high. And I and I built it with bricks. So it's going to take some work to get it to come down. And I just, how did I get here? How did I get here? I got here by living life. I got here by my experiences with different people. I got here by overly trying to correct and protect myself. And I was thinking to myself one day, you're going to be so detached from people. You're going to be so detached from things. You're going to be so detached from this life that you're there, but not there. You are there, girl, but not there. You're trying to be moment to moment. You're in these moments, but you are living like an outer body experience because I'm like in these moments, but sometimes it's almost like I'm watching myself be in these moments or I'm physically there, but my brain is in 60 million other places because I just haven't felt at peace in a long time. I haven't felt safe and comfortable like in my own well-being, in my own just environment, you know, in a long time, there has been so much disturbance and chaos. And just even when things did slow down, it was like, now there's no drama on this end, but let's stress about basic needs and this and that. And it's, I'm trying to be like Jesus on the boat. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not, I don't have his true peace. I've just detached myself. I've just turned off my alarm systems. And so I'm not like Jesus on the boat. I'm like a counterfeit Jesus on the boat. You know what I mean? Like if I have my alarm systems go on and if I was 100% present in these moments, I'd probably be freaking out and not enjoying them, which is why I do it from such a detached state. But as I was doing research and I was learning, uh, duh, it's a trauma response. Hello. Are we surprised with me? No. And you have to retrain yourself to be present and you have to retrain yourself to know like, it's okay to love. It's okay to be in these moments because even the people you love to death will hurt you. You just got to figure out the people that's worth sticking it out with. And if you're always going to shut down, if you're always going to run away, if you're always going to be like, I can't handle this, I can never really build up the resistance to really handle this. And I think back in the day, I used to be so good at it, but then I started feeling so stupid. Like, um, yes, I'm great at, you know, dealing with certain things with people who are important to me or whatever, but am I stupid for allowing the same behavior? What is the line between accepting too much and just like having a lack of boundaries, not having a, like self-worth and all that kind of stuff. You know, guys be on us girls all the time about you guys, you guys don't have standards. You guys don't have boundaries. So then it's like you implement them, but it's almost like for me, and I can't speak for everybody else. I implement them to the extreme. So now the walls are so high and so strong that I can't, I want genuine connection, but I can't really build it if I'm not allowing people to really get in and to really experience me, for me. Um, I think it's an honor to fully get to experience me. I think you need to be safe for me to want to do it. But it's like, I got to the point where even my safe spaces weren't getting the best of me or all of me because I had just built the wall up um, with everybody 
with everybody. And sometimes I think, am I going to be so detached from life that I become detached from my own self? Like in a sense, like I need to step back into me. I need to really feel me. I need to really feel everything. I think I just got so tired of over the recent years feeling so much sadness or seeing so many people around me sad that it's just like so much was gloomy and I've just been waiting on the sunshine but not just for me for like everybody else you know like I would love to just be in an environment where everybody's happy are they going to be happy every day all day no but more often than not I like to be in a peaceful happy environment with people who are actually enjoying their lives and it just the last couple of years have seen like such a depressive episode for so many people that I know and then as we all know I went through my own personal bout with depression so I just want to like I don't know I want life to be life but life to not be lifing so hard for everyone, not just me. Because when life is hitting the people that you love hard, it inadvertently affects you too. Just like when life was hitting me hard, it inadvertently affected other people. And um, the only way it didn't is if they didn't know. And then when they did find out, it was almost like a why you didn't tell me because I could have supported you in that. I could have been there for you in that. And you didn't have to face that alone. And, you know, I have problems with that and trying to face it alone to, again, avoid some of the negative emotions and everything. I'm just tired of, like, the negativeness, the heaviness. Like, I want the garment of praise. Like, let's put this coat on. I'm tired of being around everybody and it's so heavy. Like, I just want some lightness. I want some some easygoing, like, throw it back to like you're being a child you're eating cereal I'm lactose intolerant so I probably was eating mine dry y'all and you're just chilling watching cartoons or something or you're just running outside and playing like I want to get like that childlike enjoyment of life of running outside and just laughing of just screaming towards the sky and really releasing everything like I feel like we can learn so much from children and they are our greatest teachers at times when we become hard or we just, you know, we start looking at the world glass half empty. Children remind us to be joyful. Children remind us to enjoy the simple things in life. Children remind us to just be. And I think we can all learn so much from children all the time, whether you have them or not. Just how to not only have like a faith like a child, you know, but just have the simple joys and enjoy the simplicities of life before we really realized how cruel the world was, how um, evil some people can be and for whatever reason. And um, yeah, I want to get back to that. I want to get back to just fully enjoying the beauty of living. All right. So the next thing that I want to talk about is here's my question that I pose to you, my BK fam. Is loneliness an epidemic? Studies seem to think so. All right, before I go into this study, actually, I think I may do the study first. So let's go into it, pull it up. All right, so according to Cigna and other um, 
research that I did because they all were kind of consistent with some of the reasoning or different things. But no matter where you read it from, most people can agree that there is an epidemic of loneliness in America and I'm sure globally. And it was the crazy thing was is that it was pre-pandemic. Of course, it increased during the pandemic because of isolation and other things. But it's still happening. I don't even like saying post-pandemic because are we really out of it? I don't really know. I just think we're just sucking it up and living with it. But it, even as things are forcefully going back to normal, um, the epidemic of loneliness still persists, okay? And it shows that many people of all ages are impacted, all different, all different demographic groups across the country. And they say that it's particularly problematic among workers. Are we really surprised? A lot of these jobs suck. You realize during the pandemic that you can work from home or at least do hybrid. You can have a life outside of the office. Um, These jobs don't pay enough. The work culture or just the environment is not taken into consideration. I always say this applies in all areas of life. But please, employees, bosses, CEOs that listen to me, take care of your people. They will take care of you. Take care of your people. They will take care of you. Even if they don't stay for 30, 40 years like the previous generation did, I promise you, good word of mouth, like, oh, this was a great company. I needed to move on or I wanted to do something different, but this is a great company. You should go work for them. You make your employees want to show up to work like I know it's not always you can't do it on the same massive scale as a Fortune 500 company, but let people know that you're appreciated. And I promise you, it will make a slew of difference in the way your employees approach the work, the way they show up to work, their overall health in life. Like, And again, that advice can apply to any area in life. Take care of your people and they take care of you. But look, the wages aren't even going up. Like even for the jobs that, have increased wages recently. Remember on a past episode, I talked about that basically if you haven't had a certain uh, level of increase, then you basically took a pay cut. None of us can afford to take pay cuts in a world that's consistently going up. Y'all better lower these prices if y'all ain't gonna raise these wages. That's all that I'm saying. Um, The study also showed that 61% of adults experiencing loneliness in 2019 and it was a it was a seven percentage point increase from 2018. So loneliness and mental health concerns obviously go hand in hand. But the new data shows that adults with mental health issues are more than twice as likely to experience loneliness as those with strong mental health. So whether you suffer it or not, you're probably dealing with the epidemic of loneliness. So. It also says people from underrepresented racial groups are more likely to be lonely. 75% of Hispanic adults and 68% of Black African-American adults are classified as lonely, at least 10 points higher than what is seen among the total adult population, which is 58%. Um, People with lower incomes, hello, like what do y'all think? I'm not even going to get into why capitalism is a problem and how people have tried to villainize socialism. I'm not going to get into that because I need a whole different segment and podcast episode for that. But going back to my point about wages and being able to meet basic needs, a lot of violence that happens in this country will not be happening if people can meet their basic needs. Will it eliminate violence altogether? Hell no. 
but would it decrease it massively hell yeah like what do you think people be selling drugs and stuff for because it's fun no because they got families to feed and they want to eat too they got kids to put through school too hello like what do you think people be robbing people for is it every single time some of it's for clout some of it's because they're just following other people blah 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 but what do you think if people could be get their basic needs met do you really think people would be taking the route that could potentially put them in jail or get them killed no if people could get their needs met don't you think they would follow their dreams do stuff that is safer do stuff that wouldn't put themselves or their family at risk i'm like i just want people to use their brains that's all that's all i'm asking and it may be too much that i'm asking but that's okay so people with lower incomes are lonelier than those with higher incomes nearly two-thirds of adults 63 percent are earning less than fifty thousand per year are classified as lonely this is 10 point high 10 points higher than those earning 50,000 or more. All right. Young adults are twice as likely to be lonely than seniors. Are we really that surprised? 79% of adults aged 18 to 24 report feeling lonely compared to 41% of seniors aged 66 and older. And more than twice as many younger adults as older adults are experiencing feeling left out. More than two in five adults, 42% from the ages of 18 to 34, report always feeling left out. All right. FOMO. Men and, we- men and women have roughly the same likelihood of loneliness. Uh, it's 57% for men and 59% for women report being lonely. And all I have to say is they are more, they are just increasing. This was another interesting stat that I thought was really I don't want to say cool, but it was definitely intriguing to me. It says parents and guardians are more likely to be lonely than non-parents. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because you usually, like when you become a parent, it changes your world. Your friends are still out probably mingling at bars, clubs, different things. They're kind of on a whole different schedule. And when you're a parent, it's just, it changes your world. It's not always necessarily for the worst, but it is a difference and it does take some adjusting to get used to. And then if you have a circle full of friends who don't understand or who don't attempt to understand, it can be even harder. So these stats say about 65% of parents and guardians are classified as lonely, a 10 point gap compared to non-parents, which is 55%. They also report a strong sense of feeling left out as 42% of lonely parents always feel this way compared to only 24% of non-parents. Mothers are especially likely to be considered lonely with a whopping 69% and that is seven points higher than fathers which is 62%. Single parents are particularly likely to struggle with loneliness as more than 77% classify as lonely wow let that sit for a second 77 percent of single parents classify as lonely more often than not the statistics show that more children and it's been increasing over time has been raised by single parents so imagine being raised by a lonely single parent i'm not doing any shame no judgment none of that it's just like Think about what that is to have to raise a child and you're lonely, to have to raise a child and you're depressed, you know, like parenthood isn't easy. And that's why I put in, you know, I made it my mission to make sure that I did an episode giving love to our parents, you know, because 
it's no small feat. And not even just in that episode. You guys know that I'll talk about it throughout multiple episodes, but it's no easy thing to raise a human being, period. And then when you throw things like meeting basic needs or you throw things like maybe I'm lonely or um, how do I just do this? Like, how do I raise a human, period? It is hard. It is hard. And just to think that they're probably sad and lonely too. And I know this doesn't apply for all of them, but it kind of like breaks my heart a little bit. It makes me sad. All right. So it says how people feel about their family relationships is a driving force in feelings of loneliness. Adults experiencing loneliness are significantly less likely to discuss their feelings with recent support from families or support or uh, their supportive partner you'll be able to talk to them but well I can't even say that because sometimes you may stop yourself from talking to a supportive partner aka let's go back to the beginning of the episode (laughs) so the stats on that is just a third of lonely adults 34% report to talking to their family or partner about how they feel all right um less than half of lonely adults 45 percent report that their family has usually supported them through life either quite a bit or a lot compared to 78 percent of non-lonely adults and when looking closer at the 65 percent of parents and guardians who are lonely they may actually have stronger family support than people who are lonely without children half of my lonely parents half of lonely parents reported that my family has usually reported me supported me in life and this applies quite a bit or a lot to them versus the 43% of lonely non-parents. And then of course, we know that adults with physical health issues are approximately 50% more likely to be lonely than those with strong physical health. And then there's the mental health issues that are just plaguing the world altogether for, again, a slew of number of reasons I could be here all day for that. So I just thought that was interesting. And then in another article, I saw that some of the main reasons and this I even particularly looked up for Generation Z because they say Generation Z is one of the most loneliest generations that has ever existed on the planet so far. And here are some of the reasons why. So number one, overstimulated. We're always going and there's something that we can always find to do, right? Besides our daily jobs and responsibilities, just even being in a house with TVs, music, toys, crying, laughing, doorbells, etc. Everything is constantly going off. Always say it's easier to find noise than silence these days. The next one is the absence of trusted adults. So according to Springtide Research Institute, they reported that 27% of young people say that they have one or fewer adults that they can turn to in a time of need. When wise leadership is needed most, over a fourth of Gen Z feel that they have few, if any, adults to turn to. No matter which generation you're from, Most people, you know, we don't trust the media or anything these days, no matter the topic, whether it's from politics to a slew of other different things. When asked which adult figure they would turn to in need, 74% of Gen Z said that their parent or guardian, whereas only 45% of them said their close friend. Think about if you don't have a trusted parent or guardian that you feel safe enough to go to right? Again, um, previous episodes I've talked about, there were some situations where, yeah, I may have had the friends, but I wanted to go to a parent and (sighs) always say the need, that need should override it all, but that's just, it's not always the case, all right? So third thing, social media. 
dun 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 we kind of expected that to be number one right because it's a huge huge part of the reason that gen z and everybody in general is having an epidemic of loneliness so social media something that helps us connect with others also contributes to us feeling super lonely surprise not surprised not only does social media encourage comparison many people forget that social media is a highlight reel it's a highlight reel and not the full extent of a person's life nine times out of ten a person isn't putting their worst moments for the world to see okay i also wouldn't recommend doing that just doesn't seem that wise to me, but hey, what do I know? Remember, safe spaces, use wisdom. That's all I'm saying. And are we going to get it right all the time? Hell no. And sometimes the only way to learn is to get burned. But after we get burned, let's make sure we use wisdom to learn from that. Okay. People of all ages were lonely before COVID, like I said, and it only escalated during and after the pandemic. And they also studies show that we weren't as dependent on each other as we used to be back in the day because we have instant access to everything like the internet and Google and stuff we may have asked a neighbor for back in the day or help from friends or family. We can just hire somebody else to do it or we can get it delivered and we can do so many things all without ever leaving our homes. And the irony, when it's easier than ever to connect, is also increasing loneliness and creating more empty connections versus real ones. And I just think that loneliness is definitely, I can see how it's an epidemic. I can see how it's a problem. And I think it's because we have instant access to everything. I think it's because America has a problem with hyper-independence. And then when you get to the way certain races just do with their families and adult children and just each other period it's um it's a whole thing it's a lot of things that I can't pinpoint down into one specific black or white thing because as we all know life is full of different complexities but loneliness is definitely an epidemic and if you struggle with it then I'm sorry and let's try to find some ways. Like if you guys have any suggestions, let me know. I will love to share them on the pod. If you, I would highly suggest taking the time to research some different ways. The best advice that I can have, um, and I don't know if it's really going to be helpful, but the best advice that I can have is if you need to connect, listen to your body. Your body knows when you need space away from people, but your body also knows when you need connection. We are wired for connection. No matter how much America teaches us to be hyper-independent, no matter how much, depending on what race you are, you are forced to be hyper-independent. We need connection. We need help. We need community. And we're going to go to it one way or the other. And I've explained that when I talked about the whole gangs and sororities and fraternities and blah, blah, blah before. We're going to get it one way or the other. Or you're going to use a substitute like alcohol or different things. And the best thing is to try to find healthy community and healthy connection so you can have it not only when you need it, but just for an enjoyable experience too. We don't always have to only go to connection when it's a need. Sometimes by the time it gets to a need, it's too late. So let's have it consistently so we can be well-rounded individuals. I know that's not really like super... I don't know how helpful that advice will be, but I hope it helps some. All 
All right, guys, that's all the time that we have on VK this week. I hope this episode helped. I hope I dropped some gems that will help you when it comes to shutting down and dealing with your emotions or even discovering something new about how loneliness is an epidemic. And if it's an epidemic, that's a problem. It's not just one or two people that are lonely. It's a bunch of us that are lonely. And hopefully we can work on building the right community and safe spaces for all of us to be able to get that consistent connection, not just when it gets like our alarm systems are screaming give me connection now but long before our alarm systems even have to go off and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode thank you for the consistent love and support i can't wait to see what we talk about next time all right guys bye